We are continuing our sermon, our sermon series of stories from the beginning, stories in the book of Genesis, these narratives and these epics that have helped shape our faith in the whole of the Bible. So listen for a word from God from Genesis 32, verses 9 through 13 and 22 through 30. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, Return to your country and your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan River, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, please. From the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. He may come and kill us all, the mothers with the children. Yet you have said, I will surely do good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted because of their number. So Jacob spent the night there and from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are the God who meets us. We pray this all in your name. Amen. With these narrative stories in Scripture, especially in Genesis, we must understand where they come from. What is the context that is falling in the whole story of Scripture? We have to understand, in a sense, what is the backstory to this story in order for us to understand what's happening. Jacob is one of the seminal characters of the Old Testament. It's through his lineage that Jesus will come. It's through his lineage that the promises and the covenant of God will be made manifest. That God will continue his promises to bless the nation of Israel. Because it's through Jacob's family that the people and the nation of Israel come forth. He is a bit of a big deal in the Old Testament. Now, when Jacob was born, he was born a twin, and he was born the younger of the two twins, but just barely as he grasped his brother's heel as they were both birthed. 
But because he was the younger, the customs of the day dictated that the older brother would receive the inheritance. The older brother would receive the property. It's through the older brother that the lineage would continue. But Jacob, through his trickery, tricked his older brother not only out of his birthright of his inheritance, but also out of his blessing, the blessing of God. And so when Esau, his brother, finds out what his brother has done, he swears to kill him. And so Jacob flees. And for 20 years, he's been living with his uncle, building his family. And then God comes to him and tells him to return. And this is where we find ourselves. Jacob is returning to Canaan, returning to his home. And Jacob is terrified to return home. He doesn't want to do it. In the beginning of the passage, he asks for deliverance. Deliver me, God. Another way to say that, to translate it, is rescue me. Rescue me, God, from this place you are calling me to go. Rescue me from this person you are calling me to be. Rescue me because I do not want to go there. But he continues on his way back, back in the direction of the place that he fears most. And as he gets closer, a day later, as he gets closer to the place where he was raised, he goes off again by himself. And he has this encounter with God. He has this wrestling with God. Wrestling with God is such an incredible metaphor. It indicates and it promises that we can bring things to God that we do not understand. That we can wrestle with God about the things in this world we don't understand. We can wrestle with God about the circumstances that we read in the news or that we see on a daily basis that hurt our soul. We can wrestle with God about the circumstances our life is in that hurt our soul. And the beautiful thing is that God engages us in this sparring match. God doesn't simply dismiss us because God's the more powerful being. God doesn't crush us beneath God's weight and power and glory. But God enters into this back and forth. Some of us may be uncomfortable with the idea of wrestling with God because we know of God's holiness, of God's power. We stand at a distance afraid to approach, afraid to be vulnerable before such power, which is understandable. But remember, the people of Israel, the people of the Old Testament derive their name, Israel, which means wrestles with God, strives with God. I picture a father or a mother wrestling with their toddler. Obviously, the parent could win, could destroy the toddler at any moment. But the act of rolling around together, the act of wrestling together, it's not about the outcome. It's about the intimacy that's created. It's about the intimacy that's created between two people engaging together. And God calls a whole group of people, Israel, to wrestle. He calls these people who would push and pull, doubt and fall away, as well as worship and praise, sing and return. God chose a whole people group who would grow in their intimacy and their faith 
through wrestling through the realities and the circumstances of life. And church, each one of you, individually and collectively as a whole, has been chosen by God. You have been chosen. You are a chosen person. And you are invited to wrestle, to question, to doubt, and to grow in your understanding of who God is. But there are some things that happen when we choose to wrestle, when we choose to engage with God. When Jacob wrestles with God, Jacob receives a blessing from God. A blessing that gives him the courage to go home and meet the brother he has wronged. A blessing to help him continue in a journey of humility to ask for his brother's forgiveness. A blessing where he is assured of God's presence in the upcoming trials. A blessing that will fulfill itself even after Jacob has died. That God's promises to be with Jacob's family even after he has gone remain true. A blessing remains at the heart of wrestling with God. But then there's the flip side of the blessing, and here's the reality of wrestling with God. We don't always get what we want. We don't always get what we desire. Near the end of the wrestling match, Jacob begs to know God's name. Please, he pleads, tell me your name. Now, to know God's name isn't simply a get-to-know-you question to know God's name is to know the fullness and character of God. And those times when you were to give of your name, you are giving of yourself. You are being vulnerable before the person. You are giving them, in a sense, a power. When someone calls your name, you turn to them. And God does not reveal God's name to Jacob yet. God does not reveal God's name, perhaps because Jacob wanted it for power, we don't know. But God does tell us God's name, and God reveals God's name to Moses in the next book in Exodus, when, he's, when God says, my name is I am who I am, meaning I will be with you always. Wrestling with God does not mean you get everything you want. But here, ultimately, is why we should and need to wrestle with God. When we wrestle with God, we are transformed. Jacob is the name. He becomes a new creation in this encounter. He experiences resurrection here on earth. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. And the old life, he schemed and he tricked and he deceived to get his way. The name Jacob is to think trickster, deceiver. Even in Jacob's prayer of deliverance, nowhere does he acknowledge any culpability, anything that he might have been at fault with his brother. But in the transformation, in the renaming of him, he finds a new life. A life where he will trust God. A life where God will be present a life where he will be changed. His entire essence and character is transformed. No longer is Jacob seeing himself in relation to other humanity as a deceiver, as a, de as a trickster. But Jacob, Israel, 
sees himself in relation to God as one who knows God, one who strives and wrestles with God. I wonder what names we carry around with ourselves, what names we have assigned ourselves, and that is our character and our identity. Maybe it's absent father. Maybe it's not good enough mother. Maybe it's outsider or alcoholic, unfixable, useless, deceiver, manipulator. These names that we have given ourselves or that society has given us or that social media has named on our life. Maybe the name is an action that we've done in the past. But church, these, this is not your true name. These are not the names that God calls you. These are not the names you know when you encounter the living God. No, when you come to God, when you wrestle with God, you more fully see and experience Jesus Christ and you get a new name. You get a new identity. You become a new creation in Christ. You are a beloved child of God, dearly loved, dearly known, unconditionally accepted, no exceptions. This is the gracious God that we serve. Don't be afraid to engage and wrestle with God. In our story, God comes to Jacob first, and Jacob responds and enters into this wrestling match. God is always present. God is always near to you. Respond and vulnerably bring the things that you are dissatisfied with, that you're terrified by, that you need rescuing from. Because when you engage in these things, you are changed. When you wrestle with God, you are blessed. And you more fully know the truth that God has given you a transformed name. Beloved child, beloved child, beloved child, and beloved child. This is our character and our identity in Christ. For we have been made new creations, and we cannot remain the same. Thanks be to God for that. Amen.